I'm Jason Cross. Everybody calls me Cross. I'm the pastoral resident church planter here at Grace Avon, and I'm excited to begin this new series entitled I Witness. So what are we talking about in this series? Let's see. You ever play the game uh, Telephone? And you got, we sit around in a group and somebody whispers something in someone's ear, something like, I like McDonald's. It goes around the circle. And by the time it gets back to the first person, it's like Tom Brady won seven Super Bowls and he's the greatest quarterback of all times. Hey, Messi, I told you he was going to talk, right? But but the, but the thing is that by the time that message gets around the circle, it's completely different. And when the person who first whispered it in the first person's ear goes to say it out loud, you say, man, I wish I would have just heard it from the person who said it first. Right. Ever feel like that? You, they say you got You got to get it straight from the horse's mouth. Right. OK. All right. I'm just making sure we're on the same page. And so what we want to do in this series is we want to get it from the witness's mouth. Who was there? What did they experience? And what did they have to say about the matter as it relates to Jesus and what he did in his time on the earth? And so we are going to start with a person that was very, very close to Jesus. And that was his mother, Mary. Does it get any closer than that? Yes, it does. He was his father in heaven. Come on, people. Read your Bibles. <laughs> no, but we are going to start with Mary because she was she was pretty, pretty close. OK, and so Mary's story begins in Luke 126. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Mary and, and what was going on with her. So so Mary's kind of just living her life. Right. Uh, she just got engaged. So she's all excited, showing people her ring. Look, look. Yes, we're going to do it. Did they have rings back then? I don't know, but whatever. And so she's celebrating. She's getting all the people together. Some of her friends are mad. Like, I thought I was going to be one of your bridesmaids. You didn't even send me a telegram by, like, pigeon to let me know that this happened. And so she's feeling some kind of way. All of her emotions are stirred. She's happy. I got picked. And while she's doing that, she's, she's picking out her, uh, her robes and stuff and she's picking some flowers that will probably adorn her hair. And, and, and an angel just shows up, you know, kind of like it's a normal thing to do. Can you imagine that? You like vacuum in your house. What's up, Gabriel? I was just about to spray some Febreze. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, right. And an angel is there. I think mean, she probably was startled. Oh, my goodness. Right. And, and, and then out of nowhere, the angel comes and he says to her in Luke 1, the angel Gabriel appeared and said, greetings, favored woman. Me? Yeah, you. Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. He is Mary's response for that. Right. She's it says she 
was confused and disturbed. Um, I think I would be too. Uh, Mary, <laughs> Mary looked at the angel and it says what she thought to herself, what could the angel mean? And, and the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. Uh, he told her, he said, for you have found favor with God. Uh, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and would be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, of course, Mary is uh, just thinking to herself, what just happened? I mean, uh, Angel, I, I understand that you're looking for someone to host Jesus, but I got a wedding to plan. I know, I know the women, if you, if you're married, you can understand that, right? Because when, 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 when he finally asks you to marry him, you, you go into wedding mode. And so I'm sure she's thinking, I got some things to figure out. I got to know where all my guests are going to sit. I got, I got to make sure I invite all the right people. I got to make sure I, I start getting along with, with Joseph's mom, like, because she be acting funny sometimes. And so I got to make sure she sits where she's supposed to sit. And you just told me I'm going to have a, a baby. And Mary's, Mary's all, all messed up and confused about this. And, and so she asked him, like, uh, like in, in Luke 134, she says, well, how's that going to happen? Because I don't know if you know, Mr. Angel, sir, I'm a virgin. And from what I understand, you, you have to, you have to do some things in order for you to have a child. <laughs> He's like, uh, you know what? Hey, it's going to happen. And, and so the angel lets her know, here's how it's going to happen. The spirit is going to uh, overshadow you. And, and, and he follows up by providing Mary this other example. He says, and you know what, Mary, just to calm your nerves, I want to reassure you, uh, your cousin uh, or your relative Elizabeth, who is uh, who's very old, and 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 people said she was barren. She's also gonna have a baby too. And 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 I don't know what why, but Mary was all of a sudden like, well, all right then, let's have a baby, right? So so something about hearing that Elizabeth was pregnant too made her go great. And soon as she hears that. She runs straight to Elizabeth's house. And the Bible says that she stayed with Elizabeth for three months. And when she got there, Elizabeth said, whoa, uh, how is it that the mother of my Lord is in my house? Right. Because the baby in me just jumped when you greeted me. And that just confirmed more for Mary that she was in the right place. And so what does Mary do when when Elizabeth? says this to her. Well, of course, she breaks out in song. <laughs> yada da da gonna have a baby. Yada da da Jesus is the Lord. Like she just responds and, and breaks out in a whole number and God has favored me and I can't believe God looked down on me and how awesome is God? Can you imagine somebody sitting next to you and they just break out in song because they finally believe what God has said to them? I mean, it would look a little different. I know, I told y'all before, I can't sing. So I won't torture you with how it would look if I was to break out in song, but you would probably cover your ears. 
Okay, because I can't sing, but I'll try anyway. Uh, what's a good song? Somebody give me a good one. Um, uh, uh, shoot. So, so Mary is, um, is there and she breaks out in song. And, and in Luke 2, 7, right, she gives birth to Jesus. I'm just showing you what's happening with Mary. She gives birth to Jesus and the angels appear to some shepherds, right? See, angels was just appearing to everybody at this time. So these shepherds are in the field and they're doing what shepherds do. And angel comes up and is like, shepherds who are doing your shepherding thing, listen up real quick. I have something to tell you. And so they give the shepherd their undivided the angel the undivided attention and the angel's like hey there's about to be a savior born you gotta go see it you want to be there and so they pack up their stuff they go and run and they get there and mary gives birth uh and and it, and then uh there's a sudden outbreak of this heavenly host from heaven like wow heaven opens up oh my goodness jesus is here so so that happens Sometimes I think I'm holding a note and I'm not, but I'm telling you my shower voice. <laughs> so, so they go and they see about Jesus, but when they're all excited and telling everybody, it says in Luke 2, 16 through 20, uh, Mary's just sitting there taking these things in her heart. So the shepherds see Jesus and they're like, oh, wow, like the, the angel was a lion. And, and they go run through the towns and they tell everybody, you know, some go telling on the mountains, over the hills and everywhere. Jesus Christ is born. These are the shepherds who made that song. Y'all didn't know that. That song was written by the three shepherds. No, I'm, I'm joking. It's not real. So. So they go and see it, and Mary just keeps everything in her heart. And in Luke 22, 21, uh, dad and mom bring Jesus to the temple to be circumcised, and they present him back to God. And, and then Simon the prophet prophesies to Mary and tells them, hey, what the angel said was right from the beginning, and here's what's about to happen next. Luke 2, 40 Mary watches Jesus begin to grow up healthy and strong and filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. Luke 2, 45 through 48, Jesus' parents, they lose track of him. Now, I got a little concerned at this part of Mary's story because like they took him with him, right? And then they left without him. I think in 2022, I might worry about your parenting style if you went to Walmart you brought all your stuff you got in your car you went all the way home and then noticed that your child wasn't with you so this is what his parents did like they loaded up the whole caravan and remember this is a different time so they had to get the goats together the lambs they had to you know gather up all their stuff put in their sacks and everything and like along the journey they was like wait a minute i think somebody's missing jesus ain't here <laughs> But this happens. So, so they leave Jesus behind and they come scurrying back like, Jesus! I'm doing it how my mother would call me. Jesus! Where are you at? Come on! 
And Jesus is just in the temple like, hey, man, from the very beginning, this is what happened. And God, and it was true. And Jeremiah was there and Isaiah was there. And he was like, man, why'd you do that to us? You just, you like left us. What? Why would you do that? And Jesus is like, didn't you know I would be in my father's house? But the Bible says after that, Jesus goes straight along with them and he's obedient to them from that point on. And again, it says Mary just kept these things in her heart. Uh, Luke 28, Luke 8, 19 through 21. Then Jesus' mothers and brothers came to see him, but they couldn't get in because of the crowd. And someone told Jesus, your mother and brothers are standing outside. They want to see you. Jesus replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and obey it. So like, here's Mary's story. And, and it, it got a virgin birth. It got angels. You got a song, a whole, a whole number she breaks out in. Uh, you got, um, let's see, you have uh, 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 an exciting birth. You got shepherds that show up. Um, you got all of this action happening. It's truly everything you need for a captivating experience. Now, here's the great thing about this is the experience doesn't stop at what we just see there. Have you ever watched a good movie? and found some Easter eggs. Anybody know what an Easter egg in a movie is? Talk to me. Raise your hand. Raise them clear so I can see or you do homework. No. <laughs> but there are Easter eggs in these movies. And if you've never heard of an Easter egg, let me give you an explanation. It's a hidden reference or an inside joke or some clues about the plot development that are, they're subtly incorporated in the movie and the on-screen action. So let me give you an example. My daughter is, is watching this movie, um, Encanto, and she's like obsessed with this movie. I think she's watched it like 42 times, literally. She knows all the songs, okay? And, and so she's in this movie, and there's a scene where Bruno, who they don't talk about, is talking to his sister, and he says this line, let it in, let it out, let it rain, let it snow, let it go. Anybody know what reference that is? What is it? Come on. Frozen. I like I saw it. It was frozen and I knew it. I knew it. And so he makes an intentional reference to Frozen in the movie. He does it really fast, but he strikes the pose like the ice cream. Let it go. Like hard. He just sticks the landing. And and so, and so that's what they do in this movie, but that is very intentional because Disney likes it when they put stuff in their movies to make you think about their other movies, right? So as I read through Mary's eyewitness account of her son Jesus, I saw three Easter eggs that I believe are relevant to us today. All three are invitations God made to Mary and is still making to us today. Can I share those with you? Number one is found in Luke 1.30. It says, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. What was God inviting Mary into? God was giving 
Mary an invitation to be used for his glory. I should have just used the, the values of grace. God was giving her an invitation to serve, to serve, to be useful in his plan. And God is making the same invitation to every single one of us in this room today by accepting Jesus as Lord over our lives. We become useful in service towards God's plan to redeem mankind back to himself. God desires that we all have a personal relationship with him through Jesus that leads us to our lives being fully changed just like Mary's was. When, when the angel comes into Mary's life and says, you're going to conceive a child, it changed everything about her circumstance. And initially, she was fearful about what that change might look like on her life because remember, she was planning a wedding. She was about to get married. She was still young. She wasn't ready for all of this. And so when, when this angel shows up and says, you're going to give birth not only to a child, but to the Savior of the world, that is a very large undertaking. And Jesus, God today is calling us to do the same exact thing. Thing, to make room for Jesus's arrival in our lives and get to a place where just like Mary, we begin to say, God, here I am. I want to be useful. Amen. All right. So, okay. I just want to make sure. So by accepting Jesus into our lives, we are saying, God, we want to be useful. We want to serve you. We want to be a part of what you are doing in our communities, in our homes, in our relationships. We want people to see Jesus's arrival in our lives and we want it to impact him. God keeps ministering to my heart and he keeps on telling me about loving people well. We can only love people well and with the love of God when Jesus is in our hearts. Amen. We have to give Jesus room to have access to our entire humanity so that when people have interactions with us, they come into a collision course with the Savior who wants to love them well. Amen. I'm talking about Jesus. Somebody should be excited. I'm just, I just, I like to know who's in the room. Does anybody love Jesus? Amen. Amen. Luke 2, 19 and Luke in, in 2, 51, it says, in an in instance when, when they could not find Jesus, it reminded of, he reminded them that they should have known that he was in his father's house. And then there was a, there was a second instance. I think I messed up my note. So I was about to say something and it didn't line up with what I just said. I'm sorry. That was incorrect. So let me go back and say this so that that makes more sense. <laughs> the second invitation 
that God is making to us is to have our hearts full with the things of God. There are two instances in Mary's story where the, we see these Easter eggs hidden, and they are in Luke 2.19 and 2.51. The first instance is when, Jesus, when they could not find Jesus, and he reminded them of what they should have known, and that was that he would be in his father's house. The second one was, that, was when the shepherds came to see him and told everybody what they had seen. In both these instances where Jesus's parents lost him, Mary's response when Jesus, when they found him and Jesus grew in health and was obedient, it says that Mary kept these things in her heart. She observed what Jesus did and it filled up in her heart. The second instance was when the shepherds came, they screamed, they raved, they went crazy, they told everybody about it. What did Mary do? She kept these things in her heart. What was she letting us know? That God's given us an invitation to keep our heart full of the things of God. Amen. That's what God is calling us to even today, that our hearts be full. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if our hearts are full with the things of God, then that is what we will speak. The question is, where are the things of God that should fill up our hearts so that we can actually speak them? Well, they're found in Scripture. So what do we have to do to get the scripture to be in our hearts so that we can speak the things of God? That's a question. What do you have to do? Read the scripture. Hello. Hello. Read the scripture. We got to read the scripture so that it's deposited in our hearts so that when we go to respond to the circumstances and situations around us, what will we speak to them? Oh. The scripture, uh, uh, Lego my ego, uh, <laughs> we'll say things. No, we will speak the scripture because that is what we are pouring into ourselves. And as Christians, it is our responsibility. For those of you in the room are saying, I'm not yet a Christian. We pray that before this service comes to an end, you will make that confession that you are a Christian from this day forth by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and your new responsibility will be to be full with the things of God so you can speak it into your circumstance around you. Amen. Come on, all of heaven rejoices over one sinner saved. We should do the same. There's potential in the building. Amen. All right. And so we can learn it from getting the scripture. We also learn the things of God that keep our heart full from being spirit led. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we immediately gain access to the Holy Spirit's guidance in our life. When we have the Holy Spirit guiding us, that's it does a good work in our heart. And so I respond less and less to the world around me according to what Jason wants to do. And I respond more and more to the world around me according to the Spirit at work in me. Amen. Does that make sense? Okay, let me let me break it down because about... 62 people said it didn't make sense. So, 
So when we are in the world and doing the things of the world, we're living just like those who don't know God. We function according to the world and its plan. We live just like the world, right? It's Friday night in the world. You're young, single. What you doing? Huh? We clubbing. We be clubbing. And we ain't just clubbing, we, we clubbing hard. Maybe that, I'm sorry. I'm telling my own business, my fault. But we act just like the world. When people function just like you and you get around them, we tend to do what they do, right? Right? Y'all can talk to me. Please talk to me. It's lonely up here. <laughs> And so we do the things of the world because we're in the world. But when we come to know Jesus, there's supposed to be a crossover, right? There's supposed to be a transition from behaving like we are in the world to behaving like we know Jesus because we become spirit-led. That's how we make our choices. We just did the series, It's Complicated. All we talked about in that series was being led by the Spirit in all of your relationships. Even in your relationship with yourself, we talked about being led of the Spirit. That's the same thing we're talking about here. And also we tap into that space to have our heart filled with the things of God by being in prayer. Prayer is our connection point, right? It's like having a, uh, uh, anybody got an air fryer? If you don't got one, you should get one because they're great. You make some crispy wind. Sorry. Um, but the air fryer, for it to work and do its magic and you to have this crispy buffalo wing without putting it in a bunch of grease, you have to do something before it powers on. And what is that you have to do? Plug it in. Remember that commercial? Plug it in, plug it in. Plug it in, plug it in. ADHD. So you plug it in before it turns on. When we plug into player into prayer, our heart turns on to the things of God. Make sense? Y'all a feisty bunch. <laughs> it's okay. All right. So our speech is our confession. When we speak the things of God in our heart, we live in constant confession of who Jesus is in our lives. And by our confession, we continue to drive a wedge between the person we were and the person that God is calling us to do, calling us to be in Jesus. Amen. Here's the final invitation. Here we go. Luke 3, Luke 8, 19 through 21. Then Jesus' mothers and brothers came to see him, but they couldn't get to him because of the crowd. Someone told Jesus, your mother and brothers are standing outside, and they, went to, they want to see you. Jesus replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and obey it. This was God's invitation for us to share Jesus. Mary carried and birthed Jesus. While she was made aware from the first encounter with Gabriel that she was birthing the Savior of the world, she was nonetheless his mother. 
She likely nursed him, watched him grow, brought him to be circumcised, saw him play and all of that. And she now stands outside to see him and she can't get to him. Even further, Jesus's response to her and his brother was, my mother and brothers are those who do my father's will. When we encounter faith in Jesus, there can be this same temptation that Mary was experiencing to keep him for herself. However, Jesus in his great commission called us to go and make disciples, teaching them what he has taught us with his life. The number one lesson that Jesus taught his disciples about faith was that faith is for sharing. God made an invitation to Mary that you have to share Jesus. And that's the same invitation that God is making to us today. I know it feels good to have the abundant presence of God in your life. It's, it's changing things in your life left and right. I know since I met Jesus, my life has been nothing but better. It has moved in nothing but a direction that shows that God does a great work in those who love him. And there's a temptation when we get into the church to remain in the church and not share it with those who do not know Jesus. God made an invitation to Mary that she has to share Jesus. She wanted to be able to come up to that room and just be like, tell him to come outside because his mother's here. And Jesus is like, no, look, I, I, you already know who I am. These people don't. They got to get to know me. They need some of me too, because this thing is about to launch and become global. And so they got to know me so they can give me away. You got to let me go. Keep me in your heart. Now, the great thing about it was Mary was only dealing with Jesus in a physical form. We're not dealing with Jesus in a physical form. So let me give you some good news. You can keep Jesus all to yourself and give him away. Amen. That makes sense. As we are walking and continuing to consider Mary's eyewitness, we got to remember three things that, that God is really inviting us into. Mary's eyewitness of Jesus gives us, gives us some great insight of what God is calling us to even today. God is calling us to three things. He's inviting us into, into being used to serve He's inviting us in to have our hearts full with the things of God, to love. He's inviting us to share Jesus, and that's to grow in our ability to share, to be disciples who make disciples. God wants to come into our lives and interrupt a whole bunch of things that we are giving all of our attention to, just like he did with Mary, that the world would be a better place because of what God did in your life. Give your time, your effort, your energy to loving, to serving, to growing, to be fully invested in the invitations that God is making to us. If you're out there today and you, you hear Mary's story and any part of Mary's story grabs you and it reminds you, you know what? 
I got to be more useful to God. I haven't, I haven't loaned myself over to God to do the great work, to follow what Jesus called us to. The Bible says in Matthew 9, 35 through 38, that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. God has called us into the harvest field. If that's your prayer, make sure you pray it when we pray in just a minute. If your heart is still grappling with the things of the world, and you want it to be full with the things of God, then that is your prayer. God, fill my heart with your will. Show me how to digest your scripture so that I can speak what you have already spoken. And if you are having trouble sharing Jesus, there are 4,672 million illustrations for how to share your faith. And we can help you get access to those things. Just come see us in the Connection Center. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, I just thank you uh, for uh, for your will being done. Uh, Mary's uh, testimony just gave us wonderful insight into what it looks like to observe Jesus closely. She helped us see, God, some, some invitations you make to us even today. I pray that anyone that, that's in that place of wrestle, that's trying to figure out how to be more useful, uh, God, how to, how to serve God, how to love God, how to share Jesus. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that your spirit, just like it did Mary, would overshadow them and release us, God, into the space that you have called us to. God, you called us to do a great and mighty work. And there's work to be done. And God, you've called us to participate in what you are doing in our communities, in our homes, in the schools our children attend. God, in our neighborhoods, in our friends, in our family, God, you've called us to be lights. So I just thank you, God, that you would just release us more and more into your harvest field. Show us, teach us how to love people well. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And if you agree, just say amen. Amen.